I'm Russ White at the Network Collective, and this is the Network Collective Short Take. In this short take, I'll be talking about problems and solutions. A long time ago, when I worked on an airfield, I was called out over a weekend to look at a problem on the wind speed and direction system. These were affectionately known as the windbirds. They were small devices that looked like little airplane bodies or fuselages with a tail sticking up and what looked like a propeller on the front end. It was actually an impeller. These rotated in 360 degree circle over a set of bushings on top of a 20 to 40 foot single pole that was held up by guy wires and had little steps in it so you could get up to the windbird itself and test things. There were two of these windbirds at the Air Force Base I was at. One was at each end of the runway. So they were about three to four miles apart, depending on how you measure. It could have been two and a half, but at least at least two and a half to three miles apart. The problem? Well, Rapcon and Tower had both called me and Base Weather had all called me and said the two windbirds were reading very, very high rates of speed, but in opposite directions. Beyond this, the readings were a bit erratic. They were dropping to zero, they were switching directions and doing all sorts of strange things that nobody really understood what was going on. So I ran out to the shop in my truck and across the taxiway, across the 18 and all these other places, and I grabbed a small anemometer, which is a handheld wind speed and direction detector and some other test equipment, a, a simple multimeter and some other odds and ends so that I could actually go out and see what was going on. In fact, I grabbed a belt in case I needed to climb the 20 foot tower on which the windbirds were connected. As I headed out to the one end of the runway, on the drive out, my truck was encountering some very, very strong winds, which I thought was, that's interesting. Uh, and looking around, I could clearly see a circular dust funnel reaching up into the bottoms of the clouds. Now, I'm not really sure if this was a real tornado based on the wind speeds, but it was obvious to me that the wind birds were not reading the wrong thing. There was an actual system, weather system on the airfield that was causing one end to read 90 degrees out of the other and at some very high wind speeds. Again, I'm not really sure if this was a real tornado, but it was pretty darn close given the wind speeds. It was just there's some sort of twister out there making the wind move at very high speed in very odd directions. So the first point I'd like to make is when somebody tells you there's a problem with a system, make certain it's really a problem. I have encountered many, many situations in my career where people thought they'd found a problem, a bug. The network is malfunctioning. Oh, a protocol is malfunctioning. This implementation is so broken because it's doing this and I don't expect it to do that. But as it turns out on deeper investigation, you drive out on the airfield and you see there's a small tornado out there. The protocol, the network, whatever it is, it's working as it was designed to work. Knowing why the protocol works the way it does, understanding how it works is a crucial first step in being able to answer the question, is this really a problem? Now let's go one step farther and say, you have actually found a live problem. You should just rush right out and fix it, right? Not so fast. Another experience from many years of electronics and networking, information technology, all of these different areas is that if you have found a specific problem, you still need a good reason to fix it. Some problems just don't need to be fixed. They're just there. They are what they are and you just need to live with them.
For instance, say you have found a problem in the way the protocol operates, a mistake in the implementation, or what I often or sometimes find anyway, is a hole in the actual specification. I'm looking at implementation on the wire. I see the specification says it should do X, and it actually is doing X, but on the wire it doesn't work the way I think it should work. Such things really do exist. Mostly, of course, these are gray areas between two protocols or the interaction between a protocol implementation and some other part of the system. You often see this in the interaction between BGP and the RIB, for instance. So let's ask a question. How long do you think this will take to fix? A few days? Maybe a few hours? Maybe a few weeks? Well, there's an old saying in network and programming, it's going to take two hours, two days, two weeks, or too long. Something like this can take years to fix, perhaps even decades. If it goes back to the specification, you've got to go back to the specification. You've got to convince people that there is something wrong with the specification. People have to invest their time and energy into thinking about how to fix it. Someone has to think about the trade-offs involved in fixing what you found. Somebody has to build the actual fix. It has to be tested and then it has to be shipped in software and deployed in your network. We're talking tens of years potentially. So welcome to reality. This really isn't anyone's fault. It's just the way it is. So you've gone through the process of finding a problem. You're convinced it's a problem, but you still can't rush out and try to fix it. The second point you might consider is sometimes it just isn't worth fixing something. It might not really impact the operation of the network. There might be an easy way to build around it than to put the effort into fixing it. The downside might be up worse than the upside. It might take far more investment than it's worth. It might be better to work around it. It might actually be better to make a note and leave it alone. Here there is a dragon. Here there is technical debt. This is broken. This is why it's broken. This is how it's broken. This is why I did not go about fixing it. Now assume the problem, there is a problem, and the problem does actually need to be fixed. You should just rush right out and insist on doing the perfect ideal fix, right? After all, there is no reason to leave any technical debt in your wake if you're going to pull the network apart. Put it back together right, right? Or maybe not. There might actually be multiple right answers. There might be a best answer and multiple almost as good as answers. There might be a quick fix that does leave technical debt in place, but the trade-offs for a real fix might be too many or too much. Whatever the case, choose the optimal fix rather than the perfect one. Document why you chose this fix. Document the technical debt you're leaving in place. Document the other options. Basically, document everything. You found it, why you were convinced it was a problem, why you were convinced it needed to be fixed, why you chose the fix you chose, why you chose not to use the fixes, the alternate possibilities, everything you can document all of it. Remember, there are three things here, not one. There is a problem. That is the first thing. Does the problem really exist? There is whether or not the problem needs to be fixed. That is a second and separate thing that is completely different than determining whether or not there is an actual problem. Then there is a solution. Now the solution, again, is something completely different than determining if the problem needs to be fixed and whether or not there actually is a problem. 
do not confuse these three things. They are different things and they needed to be treated separately. Do not rush from one to another and document why and how you move from one to the other. That's it for this time. Visit us at thenetworkcollective.com for more content that will help you build your cognitive and metacognitive skills as a network engineer. While you are there, check out our membership, which unlocks even more great content as well as access to an awesome community of network engineers. And remember, you can always find me at rule11.tech. Thanks.